1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: And
3: just changed Ayuk, it. Ayuk, Ayuk <laughs> is on fire. 34-31, the biggest comeback in NFC Championship game history. And now we have to deal with San Francisco for two straight weeks. And the sweetheart, hallmark story of the Detroit Lions gets absolutely crushed. Good morning, Metroplex. Happy Monday to you. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. Sean Sharif, RJ Choppy, and our Cowboys insider, Bobby Bell. 27 unanswered on five straight possessions, and it was just a free fall. It was an absolute free fall. Josh Reynolds with a drop. Ayuk with the BS catch that should have been an interception. Then you're down seven. Then Jameer Gibbs fumbles on the very next play. McCaffrey with the touchdown. You're tied. Kadarius Reynolds strikes again. Not Kadarius Tony, but Josh Reynolds with another humongous drop. Then the punt touchback. The booming punt that gave the Lions plenty of time to secure this. Inside the two, they step into the end zone.
4: Totally forgot about that play.
3: Right? Yeah. They step inside the end zone, and it's just an absolute meltdown. That has the Detroit Lions fan base and Eminem saying, "Yep, us again." And San Francisco ends up winning the NFC Championship game.
4: Man. It's very Lions. It's a very Lions way to lose that thing. I mean, they did everything wrong in that. I mean, they're like not everything, but they did a lot of things wrong in, in, in that in that second half. And I mean, their ta- their run defense stopped being great. Uh, their tackling started being poor. They were making really good open field tackles in the first half. In the second half, those went away. Uh, Kittle got going in the second half. Kittle did nothing in the first half.
3: Purdy almost sacked, escapes, use check on the sideline. What was that?
4: That uh, ended and, up being their first lead on that drive. Yeah, and then uh, that that catch by Jennings, the one handed snag after Purdy rolls, then kind of yeah. heaves one Mahomes style up in yes. the middle of the field. Like, what is he doing? Because he was Purdy was bad in the first half. Jameson
3: Williams had a golf dime go through his hands. That would have been a touchdown. That was a dime of a throw. All these things took place, and it just over and over and over and over again.
5: Yeah, I mean, it was a, they, they looked rattled. And, and it's it's wild how quickly they went from just looking completely confident. The start of that game, they they took it to San Francisco in a way we haven't seen this season. Even Even when Baltimore beat them. Baltimore didn't just take it to them like that from the very start of the game. This was them getting... Power
3: football, 148 rushing yards in the first half. 148, 280 total in the first two quarters.
5: Yeah, they were, I think it was with four minutes left in the first half. Detroit had already put up the fifth most rushing yards anybody had put up against San Francisco this year. Like, they were Mm -hmm. absolutely just running it down their throat and... They come out there in that second half, and it's just they were not. They they didn't have that resilience. As soon as as San Francisco locked in and put their head down, Detroit crumbled. Um, but I, I, aside from the collapse, I think it's just massively important for somebody like Brock Purdy to show, like, put this on his resume as, like, hey, we were down. We were punched in the mouth. There was mm-hmm. no reason we should have come back, and I got us back. And so – or – Detroit led us back, but we took advantage of and it
3: and his legs were huge as oh, yeah. well. But I've been a I've been a Brock Purdy believer. Uh yesterday. I know he had the Green Bay question mark. Um, uh, but I mean, yesterday, I'm not gonna say like he is the hero, but yesterday you can't use the knock him, right? Oh, I
4: don't think so. I mean, I, I, he was very second half was very good. The first half left a lot of lot of questions.
3: I didn't even have that much of a problem with the way he played. In the first half, I didn't think he—I didn't think he was bad. He ended up for the game twenty of thirty-one for two sixty-seven, a touchdown, an interception. The QBR was an eighty-eight point one. I—I was blaming San Francisco's run defense and their their defense overall. I—I I thought he
5: was—I—I uh, I didn't think he was playing as steady as he normally does in the first half like he sailed some throws there were some other points where he had the interception there was another one that should have been picked off when he threw it to the sideline it felt like he was trying to do a little bit too much I mean in the first half he was 7 of 15 93 yards Hmm. no touchdown one interception and so there in the second half I mean look he he came to play in a big way but I mean that was just it was equal
3: parts to me it felt like and the interception I think his hand got hit
5: Yes, and he was he got rocked a little bit in that first half, but I mean he he showed the resolve that you would want to see from him. I, I mean he goes what thirteen to sixteen in the second half for yeah. almost two hundred yards, touchdown, no picks, and then he picks up those big plays on the ground. Like I mean he was he was absolutely fantastic in the second half. He is a big reason why.
3: All right, let's get to the controversy now and the back and forth and the debate. Controversy, Dan but Campbell, yeah. man Campbell, going for it nonstop. So. Just so you remember, before the first half ended, they're on the San Fran two-yard line with seven seconds left. They kicked the field goal to make it 24-7. Okay? Mm -hmm. So they're up 17, but in that moment from the two, seven minutes left, 24-7. I was fine with that. I love three-score leads. If you go for it and you get it, you're an absolute hero, right? But if you don't, you're up. Two touchdowns, and San Francisco gets the ball coming out. Now we get to the second half decisions. You're up 24 to 10 with seven minutes left in the third quarter. It's fourth and two from San Frans 29. It would have been a 46 yarder to make it a three score game again, it would have made it 27 to 10. What's hard for me in this, and I know you can't do this, I'm just admitting, it's it's very difficult for me to get really mad at Dan Campbell here. It's 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 almost impossible for me to forget Josh Reynolds on this play. The jo- Josh Reynolds dropping this football. It's like, okay, they had the right call. They had the right play. He was sitting there open. I know you can't really do that, but 24-10 remains a score, Choppy, mm-hmm. versus 27-10 if you make the field goal from 46 yards with 7 minutes left. 27-10 versus 24-10. Fourth and 2. Bring it down.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean okay, so the way it is is the first one if they had gone for it and they could have or the or no, the, 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 the before halftime. Okay. Yeah, before halftime. I that's the one that it's like okay, if you go back cuz that that was the one that didn't make sense. From from their philosophy. Philosophy uh throughout the course of the year. Yeah. And I and I know that that he said like he kept asking the ref, is it from the two and a half or the three? And it looked like it was kind of closer to the three. The ref was like, yeah, it's two and a half, three, kind of closer to three. He's like, three. All right, let's go for kick a field goal. I think it was at the two and a half or the two. They say go for it. Um, and, and I don't know, I don't know what his philosophy on the difference is between two and a half and three or two and three. Yeah, I don't that, know no- does that like eliminate the run in his
3: mind? Isn't it option. might? It
4: might. It might. Um, it might eliminate. I mean, maybe it gives them too much. I, I have no idea. But that was the one that was like, all right, you know, you're you're at that point, it's 21 7. It's house money either way. Like that's the one that's like, all right, you're so close here. When you get down that close, you've got to come away with a seven. The three doesn't work. The three works at twenty at the twenty five yard line at that point. At that, when you're there, when you're inside the three yard line, yeah. you have to come away with seven points.
3: Bobby, that decision before half, you fell where? Uh, I was
5: fine with him kicking it because, like like I said, I mean, you're just trying to go ahead get the three score lead, kind of deplete them. You know, San Francisco's getting the ball out of the first half. If you go for it and you miss it, then San Francisco's like, okay, got momentum here and we get a touchdown coming out of the half. We're just a score down. So I get trying to put that out of reach. And it's something where that was fourth and three. this season when it was fourth and three in the opposing side of the field, Detroit had ten plays. And they had gone for it heading into this game. It's 10 now. It was seven heading into the game. They had gone for it uh, three times out of the seven opportunities. They had either kicked or punted in four of them. And so that was actually trending something a little bit more towards the direction of what they normally do. Yesterday, they had fourth and three, three different times. They went for it twice, and they kicked it once.
3: Okay. 24-10 versus 27-10 with Josh Reynolds' drop. Like, it's hard for me... To blame Dan Campbell there, not blame Josh Reynolds. Like, if I'm a Lions fan, I'm leaving that going, screw you, Josh. You, you, you effed us. I'm not I'm I'm not mad at Dan Campbell. Now, maybe if it's blanket coverage, maybe if Jared Goff gets sacked, maybe if something else happens, but I have to blame the receiver there for dropping a pass that he should have had. There's also something else we should probably examine before we really get into this. Their kicker. We should look at their kicker's numbers, okay?
4: So career. Are he barely... He yeah. only played four games for them this he year. He
3: only played four games.
4: And so from 40 to 49 in his career, he's only 77%. Yeah. Which is not very good.
3: 37 of 48 from 40 to 49 yards.
4: Yeah, so... The uh, first
3: kick would have been from 46.
4: Yeah, so for his career, 20 to 29, he's 27 of 28. So pretty much automatic. 30 to 39, 29 to 30. so Again, almost automatic. 40 to 49, like you said, 37 to 48, and then 50-plus, 5 of 13. So, like, you get, you know, he's he's pretty accurate on love for, for on short kicks, and then you get him further out, and you're, you're, you're tempted fate. And that would have been, like you said, 45, 46 yards. He's 77%. Your chances of making that first down on fourth and of two are about 60. And you're going for, like, the jugular. At first one, it's like, okay, I mean, you're you're, play, you're in a position where you can afford to make that decision. The second one is the one that you really could question because you're tying the game.
3: Bobby, the first one in the second half. Uh, again, I think that you just
5: got a score from San Francisco. You're moving the ball down the field pretty effectively throughout the game. I just go ahead and I take the points. That's what I'm doing there. And now, look, you want to talk about consistency again. I mentioned the fourth and three earlier. This is fourth and two, three now times. Now, our score
3: was just a field goal now.
5: Which was, yeah, no, Stanford. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean that you you wanted to get the three score lead going into half. It's been now been trimmed down to a two score lead, and they moved the ball pretty effectively on that first drive. Um fourth and two situations in opposing territory this year, Dan Campbell went for it every time. And they had converted three of three. This was the first one all year that they had missed.
4: Like they did this in um against the Chargers. It was like two minutes to go and it was a fourth and two. And there was a tie game. And if they kicked the field goal, it was they were like a 25, basically the same field position. If they kick the field goal, they go up three. But he was like, no, I don't want to go up three. I want to have them leave them no time. So he went for it. They bled the clock and they kicked the field goal and they win the game. And this one in that situation, I mean, you're going literally for the jugular. There's eight minutes to go in the third quarter, seven minutes to go. You convert there. Or you, you just bleed more clock. Right, Even yeah. after the conversion. If you convert there, yeah, you're – now they don't get the ball back until, what, four minutes left in the third quarter? And now you, you're at least getting another three points. Maybe you're getting seven. Yeah, I, I thought that was a go. But it is the risk-reward. Like you, absolutely. You've and, got to – yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how much – I mean, the reward is that you're going to go up 31-10.
5: It just it felt like tempting fate a little bit. Because it's one of those things where it's like, why give any life to this football team? Like, like you had completely drained them in the first half, and you had beaten them up and gotten them down. Why give them any chance to feel life? Because I think that field goal depletes them more than...
4: But would a miss not do the same thing?
5: No. No. Because yeah, I think what you're talking about is, like, Dan Campbell will get in the way of his team in the fourth down. Like, like that's how San Francisco comes away from it. It's like, oh, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, whereas a miss is a miss. And it's like, oh, they just didn't execute.
3: I think both things, I, I think it's equal. I, I think I think you don't get it. Um, you have a missed field goal. It's like, okay, like, here we go. The crowd's going to get mm-hmm. into it. You start to say this is possible. And, you know, the series of events right.
4: has started. Because the missed field goal against Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, the week before when green bay missed that field goal to go up 7 and i'm getting 14 more yards of field position <laughs> after mm-hmm. the miss yeah so when you know when green bay missed that field goal to go up 7 at the end I mean, that that crowd got life i mean i think it gets life either way i agree
3: and now 4th and 3 from the san fran 30 down 3 with 740 left okay 4th and 3 from the san fran 30 down 3 with 740 left and this this play had no chance of being complete.
4: No, San Fran blew it up from up the middle. Would have been a 46-yarder. Yeah, that, that this one would have given, if they went for it, they if they converted it, it would have given them a 40% chance of winning the game. Just 40%. They were already, because San Fran was going to get the ball with like five, six minutes to go. I, I'd, I'd have probably tied it. Wait, that might have been a
3: 48-yarder. I'm sorry. It was from the 30. Yeah, it was 47-48. Yeah. Um,
4: yeah, I probably would have tried to tie it. Um again, you're tempted to fate on whether you're gonna make it or not. But th- th- that was that was a bad play. The first play the first play worked. Yep. The first play worked. Reynolds just missed it. This play this play never had a chance at the start.
5: Yeah, I, I mean I think that absolutely like I said on both these I would have kicked the field goal. To me it's it's you're you're talking about being able to put them where you're giving them life. In that situation, I understand it's like hey, let's go for the jugular, let's try and, and score a touchdown, get up here. I understand all that, but you you need points. This is a three-point game at that point. Once you go for it and you fail, you're talking about you've left six points on the board in a game where you trailed by three. It's just really difficult to justify any of that.
3: Pepe, who you you blaming for the
6: Lions meltdown the most? Running back wide receiver mistakes. I mean, they're the ones on the field. I was just going into this game, I was hoping the meathead bit that dan campbell does i was hoping that wasn't gonna get in the way i wasn't i was hoping he actually believed in his team going for on fourth down i just saw we're the manly mans we're gonna do what we do you know and then step on their throats and break their kneecaps off but yeah the players are the ones on the field i don't blame dan for this one
3: all right uh let's go inside the star as we have some cowboys assistants maybe being picked off ron rivera is starting to emerge as a name and kellen moore has officially joined the enemy. What can Filthy expect with their new OC? And RJ says we finally have Bobby trapped at an (laughs) Kellen-Jalen Hurts crossroads. That's next, Inside the Star.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: Good morning, Metroplex. Thanks for joining us as part of the 6 a.m. Club, our best audience of the entire show. Sean Sharif, RJ Choppy, and Bobby Bell with you as we get you an NFC East and Dallas Cowboy update as Kellen Moore officially joins the Philadelphia Eagles. So already this offseason, Choppy, they have added Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore to Nick Sirianni's staff. They got blown out. Blown
4: out. That's a, uh, I mean, I think that's a pretty decent win for their offseason. I think if the Cowboys had a situation where they got those two guys, now obviously we had, Kellen's a different story, but like let's say Kellen was never here, and it was just you were looking at it from afar. I think you would be pretty happy with that. Um, and that may have been an issue with with Philadelphia last year. We'll see. We'll see what uh, what these two guys bring to the table. Because when Sirianni's had really good assistance, he's done well. Now yeah. you think we got Bobby trapped? I think we have Bobby trapped here. We don't even want to let him talk. We don't even want to let him speak. No, I, I think we got Bobby trapped. Uh, because I'll be honest with you, yeah, he he's come to a crossroads in life. This is the nexus of the universe. Mm. Uh, he loves Kellen Moore. He hates Jalen Hurts. In order for Kellen to succeed, Jalen has to have a good year. And this is the corner, like I said, this corner of first and first. The welcome to the Anthropocene or whatever the hell it's called. The Anthropocene. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's the mo- that's what we are. You know, there was a Jurassic era. This is the Anthropocene or Anthropocene, whatever the hell it is. Absolutely. That's what we are. Sure. But what about
3: what about this, though? If Jalen Hurts succeeds and thrives, he'll give Kellen more the credit. He'll say, Kellen Moore's a phenomenal coach. Look at what he did with Jalen Hurts. And if Jalen Hurts fails and stinks, he'll say, Jalen Hurts sucks. No one well, could fix it. Oh,
4: well, yeah. What was Kellen supposed to do? Yep. Yeah, he might. He no, might say that. He no, I, I, will, I will with yeah, certainty. He, he will. He will. <laughs> look, look, look. But look, he we, didn't say it about Justin Herbert, did he? We, we don't we don't have. Well, I mean,
5: Justin Herbert's guys couldn't catch the football. Justin so Herbert's so it's like having never whole done team Josh has, Reynolds. Hasn't had the career Jalen Hurts has. Okay. So here's. The, yeah. I mean, look, we can already look ahead to next year. And I can already tell you exactly how we'll be talking about this. It's what Sean just said. If uh, if they have a lot of success, Kellen Moore did a great job. And look what he brought out of Jalen Hurts, a total bum. Uh, this just speaks to how great Kellen Moore is. And if they struggle, it'll be, well, it's Jalen Hurts. What was he supposed to do? That guy sucks. He's, a, he, he's not a quarterback.
4: It's still tough because now there's the difference is if he's great, uh, we're going to have to sit here and watch Philadelphia win a division again. And that's the problem. Well, well I mean, the
3: numbers say they're going to already win
4: it. I know. That's fair. Like 20 straight or or, or or Washington is.
5: I, I Look, I, I mean, d- jokes aside, I, I do think it's a nice hire. Um, I have not – this is obviously going to be unique for him, it, Kellen Moore, because he's never designed an offense with a quarterback like this. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how that all is going to work out for them. But they probably – view it as I I would guess that they want somebody to come in here and do more for Jalen as a passer. And and they want somebody who's got, you know, sustained success doing some of those things. Cause you just look at the people they interviewed. Like they talked to cliff Kingsbury cliff Kingsbury is not a big, like read option type of guy. He he comes from the air raid offense. And so, uh, I think it's a good hire. Um there there's a lot riding on this for both guys. Mm, for both yeah. Jalen Hurts and Kellen Moore, there's a lot of you know for their futures riding on this pairing.
3: Bobby and everyone on the trunkreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. If Filthy Radio called you and had you on today and said, tell us what we can expect with a Kellen Moore offense. What are some of his traits? Curl routes. What are some of his tendencies?
4: What do you think he'll do for Jalen Hurts? You would say. Uh, look, they're gonna have a good offense. Like they're, he's gonna he's gonna throw the ball. They're gonna have a good offense. He's gonna be maddening sometimes. They're gonna have a lot, lot of curl routes, and they're gonna the tight end, whoever your tight end is this year, he's gonna have a great year, <laughs> great year because he's gonna be throwing at stationary targets all day.
5: So, uh, so. then there's the reality of it, which is um, you can expect a lot of deep crossers are gonna be in there.
4: Option routes.
5: Um, there will be option routes. I, I think that what he does. Look, he is a good play designer. I know, I understand how this is memed and how people talk about it. He is one of the better play designers in the NFL. Um, The the question is not so much his play design. It's how does his play design come together in a coherent game plan rather than just, you know, okay, that's lovely that you know how to draw this up. How do you put it all together to make a game plan?
3: As Michael Lombardi would say, how do you not try to score every drive? Sit us down and tell us. I know that's your goal. We want to hear something opposite. We so, want to hear you not yeah. scoring every drive. So I'll say, imagine that, saying that out loud. Huh? Imagine that's your uh, goal. Imagine right. say that out loud. Uh, and we want to see you not score every drive. That's what McCarthy said to him. I know.
5: Imagine that. He's look. I'm, I mean, Kellen's very bright. He'll he'll connect with Jalen Hurts. It's. I, I think he is good for. Being a former player, he does a good job of communicating it to players, like especially at the quarterback position. He does a good job of communicating concepts and ideas and things like that. It's just the question for him that he still has to prove is, like I said, that larger point of, do you know how to create a game plan? Like, Do you know how to uh, like systematically attack a team and go like, all right, we're going to do step here, step here, step here. That's always been the big question with Kellen Moore. And so I, I think that he'll be good for Jalen Hurts as a passer. I think he'll be good for what Philadelphia is trying to do. I just don't know how he's going to step in and, and know how to use Jalen hurts legs and, and attack a defense that way. He may be great at it. We just don't know.
3: Hey, hey What are the Tolo's saying that Eagles fans can expect with Kellen? A
6: lot of hate for Kellen more in the fan text. You're four, four three, He can't work in that system with Jalen hurts. Two, one, four. Kellen will be one and done in Philly. Can't handle the uh, fan base in Philly. A uh, one seven. Kellen sucks. So a lot, a lot of Kellen hate on the fantex.
5: Okay. Yeah. Uh, y- Do you know what I got on Twitter this week from several people, by the way? How could you... What what kind of a man are you, Kellen Moore? What kind of a man would go work for the arch rival? What? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, dead serious. There were several people suggesting that Kellen Moore taking a job with the Eagles just shows what a a terrible man he must be. Because he had played for the Cowboys. If you were really a Cowboy at any point, you would never work for the Eagles. Does this say
3: anything about Kellen or the Chargers that Harbaugh goes in there and taking over with his own offensive, either play calling, coordinator, philosophy. Whereas here, it's, yeah, Mike, yeah. you can be the head coach, but you're keeping the coordinator. Right. And the Chargers are like, all right, Jim, it's your show.
4: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's Harbaugh is an offensive guy, too. You know, I, I I don't I don't think. But well, he's not going to call the plays, I don't think right, did, Bob? No, Schramm. More called the
5: plays. Yeah, I I don't yeah. believe that he's going to call plays. But I mean, his, his general philosophy doesn't necessarily mesh with Kellen. Like like I would, I mean, there is ball control to what he does. He has had you know West Coast history throughout his career, and so in terms of his playing career and everything else, and so I, I don't know. They, they're a very run heavy offense, and I mean, Mike McCarthy's whole quote was, "I want to run the damn
4: ball," and so Kellen Moore's gone. I, I, I mean, I. I I see what you're saying, but, like, it's really weird to be a run-heavy offense with Justin Herbert, you would think. You know you compliment her football. You know what that? But Dude, like, I mean, guy, coaches can be hard-headed. Like, yeah. like I mean, uh, how often
5: have we complained here in Dallas that they try to adjust personnel to scheme rather than scheme to personnel. And so, I mean, coaches can be that way. Harbaugh's probably no different. So, I mean, he may walk in there, and the weapons may be a certain way, but if it doesn't fit his philosophy, he's going to change it.
3: Ian Rappaport says the Cowboys could have interest in making Ron Rivera their defensive coordinator if Dan Quinn leaves for a head coaching job. Bobby, you had mentioned this last week, and you had also, I think, tweeted or retweeted Dan Quinn met with Seattle late into the night.
5: He did. He he met late into the night with uh the Seattle brass, I believe it was on Friday night. He's got his meeting with the Commanders on Tuesday, so tomorrow he's supposed to meet with them in person. Um but look, I th- this Seattle thing does not have any clarity right now. It, it doesn't it, it's not clear at all who they're going to go with, which direction they're leaning, what they want to do. They've been incredibly vague about this. Uh, I, I wonder if it's just they had somebody in mind. They're waiting for him to get bounced from the playoffs. Yeah. Um, or if it's just they're, gen, like, genuinely, like, This one you don't hear
3: back from your job, dream mm. job interview for two weeks, and you're like, I'm from there. We we kind of know each other. Yeah. I have a great resume and history. Still got a house there, maybe. Who knows? thought I blew away the interview, and they haven't called to give me the green light. What the heck is going on? Why is this dragging out? Yeah. Why is this taking so long? That's how I'd feel about Dan Quinn.
5: I I do wonder if, uh, you know, we had talked last week. I think Raheem Morris is a really well-liked candidate from across. Like he was one of their final in-person interviews, like to get a second round of interviews with the Seahawks. So when he got hired by the Falcons, I don't know. Did they, was Raheem Morris their favorite? And that kind of threw things off when he accepted a job. Did they, did they anticipate there was chatter that they were going to get involved with Vrabel and that just didn't really materialize at least it hasn't yet like the way that they thought it would so
3: this ron rivera possibility feels and sounds old right now on the surface i'm not interested i i'm like, not move interested along. in that Ooh. no yeah I, I i
5: wouldn't want to bring ron rivera in at this point look i mean he he was a large part of what they were doing defensively in washington and they were bad like i mean he had remember he scapegoated jack del rio we we had the uh the Josh Harris comment in the middle of last year when they Well, fu- January
3: sixth
4: came Well, attack. yeah. Wow. When, when they fired when they
5: fired Jack Del Rio. You Very remember nice it?
4: people. Very nice people. Josh
5: <laughs> Josh Harris put out the statement where he's like, Yeah, this was Ron Rivera's recommendation. He wanted to get rid of him. He uh he feels he needs to control the defense. And they were awful. And so I, I don't know how much of that is going to look, was he a great defensive coordinator? eighteen years ago for the Bears. Yeah. Like I just I don't see him as a guy that will bring you into the modern age. More any more than Dan Quinn already has. I agree.
3: All right. You talked about the Cowboys staff maybe getting picked off. We getting uh we getting people hovering.
5: Yep, we did. We talked about uh how, you know, last week the hiring that the Panthers did with Dave Canales The fact that he's a first-time head coach and most of his career was spent with Dan Quinn, Brian Schottenheimer, these guys, that there's always a chance you could pick over Dallas's staff that way. Uh, And then Raheem Morris has a history working with a couple guys here in Dallas, including Adden Dirty, the defensive line coach. Sure enough, Adden Dirty gets the request from the Falcons for an interview. That's one of three that he got. Uh, he was also uh, got a request from the Rams and the Packers for an interview. And then uh, I spell a song coming. Dave Canales from Carolina uh, requested an interview with Will Harriger, who is who they had hired last year as an offensive assistant. He had worked at USC previously, but he had been in Seattle. And so, again, Canales, if he doesn't have deep coaching contacts, he hasn't had a, a job before, he's going to pick over guys that he knows that he has some familiarity with. And that's what you're seeing now is that Dallas's staff is getting a little bit potentially picked over which I mean if you're talking about the most disappointing playoff loss or or end to a season for the Cowboys since losing to Arizona at Texas Stadium probably at 98 and you have no changeovers you have you have have no core changeovers then I mean maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to to have some things picked over and, and you have no choice
3: the Cowboys are on pace to literally run it all back right run now. Run it back, man! Twelve and five. <laughs> run, it all run it back. Run it all back right now. Wow, they're gonna they're gonna splurge. They're gonna go crazy in free agency. Yeah, that that's the thing. They're they are that. Yeah, that 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 has to be like it just has they're to. be. They're twenty million under the cap, I but was sure. Say with white, white cap space. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Okay. Um, Back to the AFC championship game. Did Tony Romo deserve all the criticism? We have the audio and why one person on the show is starting to believe in the NFL controversy and script. That's all next with Sean RJ and Robert right here on The Fan.
2: A flip by Richie James Jr. That means this game is over, and you can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions for the fourth time in five seasons. The Chiefs have the Lamar Hunt trophy, and they're
3: taking it to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Good gosh. Can we dislike your call, Mitch Holthus? Chiefs play-by-play. Play. This is Sean, RJ, and Bobby as Kansas City does it again. For the fourth time in five seasons, they are headed to the Super Bowl. They're one win away from becoming the NFL's first back-to-back since New England in 03 and 04. and 6-0 in their last six playoff games, five of them one-score games. And Pat Mahomes, the first quarterback ever to start four Super Bowls before turning 30 third quarterback to start four wow. Super Bowls in a five season span joining Tom Brady and Jim Kelly his 14 playoff wins behind only Brady and Montana fourth Super Bowl start only Brady and Elway have more that's all he did run run running down that list courtesy of Rich Eisen um and 10 one and one against the spread nine and three straight up as an
4: underdog I think Rich is wrong. I think Manny has four Super Bowl starts. Um <laughs> he does. I, I, I think he does. Well, um hang
3: on a sec. One one for Indy, two Denver.
4: Two for Indy. He lost to New Orleans lost to New Orleans and he beat Chicago.
3: Lost to New
4: Orleans beat Chicago. Okay. He lost to Seattle. Um oh my God. <laughs> scary. Anyway. Uh, that's
3: a, that's not that's not a hot that's not
4: a uh, <laughs> that's, uh that's not a big memory thing should know how many many Super Bowls guys have gone to. And then, of course, disappointed in Mr. NFL Network, Rich Eisen.
3: After this game, we got uh, the moment that the entire world was waiting for as Tay-Tay was down on the field to hug her man and give
4: him a kiss. And, 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 And talk to Tony Romo. Talking to Tony Romo down there. Yeah. Surprised she even knew who Tony was. I, I, I had no idea. <laughs> what were they saying? I, I love what you do. I love what you do. Well, I love what you do. Well, Jim, <laughs> Taylor <laughs> says you love what you do. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean, they are the two biggest stars in the world.
4: Just ask them; they'll tell you. So. Wow. <laughs> wow!
3: And what were you talking about? Unsearchable. Taylor was unsearchable. Yes, you
4: could not search her on Twitter yesterday. You put her name in Twitter, and it just came up with search. Not. It said it's like certain retry. Search not available. Why? Something happened. Either she contacted the people at Twitter. Can you change I don't think you can change it yourself? No, this is a this is a response from Twitter to the end
5: of last week when Taylor Swift, there was uh there there was this just surge of Taylor Swift deep fake AI.
4: Pornography. Oh. If you search it right now, that's what it comes up. But you still can't search. And it. so they had put a
5: block on the name search because of all the AI generated stuff that was coming up. And so the White House commented on it at the end of last week and said, "What legisla- the White House? Yeah, because they said legisl- legislators need oh, to step Earth in. Rider. They they need to step in and start, you know, basically uh, putting some sort of legislation out there in hey. regards to AI deep fake pornography this and everything else. Go- this, and so this
3: poor girl deals with so much. She path. does." You had that poor it, was thing. He, it was it was some publication in New York uh, saying that she was gay. I mean, just like going way.
4: Was the New York Times? Yeah, it was the New York Times? New York Times, yeah, like they...
3: just like reck- recklessly throwing out, like listen to her song lyrics, yeah. look at what she's doing. Insane. That's like that should get you canceled. Um, yeah, you have fake AI generated it's crazy porn shots of her that are out there. I mean, this poor girl. Oh, you know, she's just trying to just sit there and learn about football. Well, and watch and and watch her man. And because
5: I and because of that, I mean, like that's why they're because there's a it's just a big controversy in terms of what should be allowed, what shouldn't. So they just basically put a block on you can't search her name right now. Like wow. Twitter, Twitter's not going to allow you to have those images come up. And so that's where
3: that came. And from. now you're believing in some type of conspiracy theory. I just don't know. like we are.
1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
5: We had the the Taylor Swift Twitter blackout. And then last night, I was just kind of searching around. I'd seen on, you know, there, there was a lot of Tony Romo criticism for the broadcast. And so I'd gone to my YouTube TV DVR, found the... Taylor Swift or or found different points of the game where Romo had been criticized for being just saying obvious things or being ridiculous. And so I'd gone in there, made timestamp notes. And I was like, all right, when I get up in the morning and I'm in the studio, I'll record off of the YouTube TV archive. So I stepped up here and I logged into YouTube TV and it's gone. Like Kansas city, Baltimore is just not in existence on YouTube Hmm. TV now. So the DVR broadcast is gone The lions 49ers is still up, but I can't get the other one. Probably wife. has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. But this is twice now that things are just disappearing around her. So I'd like to blame her.
3: The, the script stuff is, like, starting to annoy me now. Like, yesterday in the poll question, why did the Lions lose? Who are you blaming? I think you have legitimate oh, n- nut jobs. Like, yes. it's legitimate belief. So the, But the script got canceled with the Super Bowl colors. But it's, no, they a Kansas City in. They wanted it, and the script got canceled. We didn't get purple versus red, you lunatics. Do I believe that there are conspiracies? Yes. Do I trust the government? Absolutely not. Do I think the stock market is rigged? Yes, I do. If that makes me a Looney Tune as well, fine. But no, that's, Not everything's on the
4: up and up. It's okay to believe that some things are a little bit askew.
3: Yeah. Do okay. I believe that there are refs who have fixed games and, and altered them? Yes, but you're not going to tell me that like, in the third quarter, this one thing happened. Because of the script. No,
4: there's no NFL script. They're they're not fixing before the season the games. Who's going to be there in the final? Do I believe that sometimes officials have money on the games? Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah, and yes, they can absolutely impact things. I absolutely buy buy that Dick Bavetta was there in Sacramento in 2000 or whatever it is. Because wasn't
3: there a road referee in... That You brought up this week, yeah. It was, was it the um, Chiefs game? Sean,
4: the Sean Smith, Sean Smith, and people said that, yeah.
3: that means the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. But
4: I mean, look, the officials were
3: there. Was one bad call in that game, yeah. The At the o- end, third and five should have been pass interference against yeah. Kansas City. Uh, but that's the only call I that for, I really was
4: alarmed by. For the most part, the officials stayed out of those games,
3: yeah. I didn't, Purdy not... got hit in the lip. That could have been,
4: could have been, yep, could have been. Could have been one. Um, I, I was surprised at one point
5: that Bosa. I think it was his second sack that he didn't get flagged for roughing because he kind of slung Jared Goff yeah. down, and they've thrown that a lot. The and so, clowny hit. Yeah, but
3: Nance and Romo, they're like that. That that's that's a, that's a penalty. That's a flag.
5: Yeah, it's it's a it's a dumb rule. It's a ticky tack rule. But I think by the way they flag it, that made sense that they did.
3: So what's so, the Romo he
5: so some of this, we'll see if this is legitimate or, or if some of this is just ridiculous and picking on Romo. Uh, there are a couple clips that I pulled from this. Like, for instance, yesterday, after the Zay Flowers fumble at the very beginning of the fourth quarter, the Zay Flowers fumble, Dave Portnoy lit him up and just went, you know, he was like, Romo just said, that's the game. It's over. Yeah. Like said that at the beginning of the fourth quarter after
3: a fumble, yeah, that's a little ridiculous. But and he uh, tried to cushion it. He's like, well, oh, but still a lot of time left. He gets, he just, he's so awkward. He's he's very obvious, generic, and awkward. And he gets caught in these moments where he's trying to say something declarative, like a, a finality to it, and then like he follows it up. By softening it. And it's just weird. It's awkward. Yeah.
5: He ends up seeing a foot dangling and says, that's a calf, you know, <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah. else. Uh, so there's three clips here, and, and we'll take a look and see if these are legitimate I'm telling complaints. you.
3: I'm telling you this is close. I'm telling you this could be a very tough call. Oh, it could be. We'll find out after the break. The,
5: these, are, these are three different clips that he got roundly criticized for on social media. Uh, awful announcing other people just going after him. So this is the first one. Uh, this is actually Romo 2, Peyton. Uh, the Lamar Jackson batted ball reception, which was a great play. Yeah. He did get a little criticized where people were like, okay, tone it back a little. You're kind of overselling how crazy this was. Ball
2: batted up into the air and caught by Jackson. He caught his own pass. That's one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. This is
4: intercepted
2: 100%. 100 By the Chiefs' Reed. Marr uses the instincts, the God-given gifts, the awareness to go beat him to the punt <laughs> and makes one of the greatest plays you'll ever see in a championship game.
5: So what, is, that, uh, is that fair criticism? Was he a little too over the top? He, he's
4: 50-50 there. That is one of the greatest plays you ever see. you never see that play. In
3: I mean, a championship game. I thought he'd softened it, made it more acceptable by saying in a championship game. Yeah, it was a really good play. Yeah. It's not one of the greatest plays Ever.
4: If like if they had gone on let's say they let's say they score that drive and they win the game. That's one of those plays that is in like NFL films, documentaries. Uh but the that's intercepted one hundred percent of the time. Well, no, it's not. Uh, batted balls not. are not intercepted one hundred percent of the time. I can assure you that. The Lions had like four batted balls last night. They were not intercepted at all. Well, one of them was. I don't have a major problem with that. A little little bit of exaggeration.
3: I don't have yep. a major problem.
5: We had the, uh, this is Romo clip one, Lamar Jackson. You remember he had the, you uh, got the strip sack. He fumbled. Kansas City recovers it. Uh, a lot of people had issues, uh, specifically awful announcing, trying to figure out what exactly is Romo talking about here? Like, what is this description that he's giving?
2: And that ball is out. Chiefs ball in games like this. The ball matters more than any game. What?
3: It does. The ball matters the ball more than matters. any game. What again? You he, think that's nitpicky? No, it's just he's he's just. He's, I just don't know what that means. He's trying to come up with something. Mm-hmm. He's just so generic. The ball matters uh, more than any game. Trying to like raise the importance of it. Uh, it's I, I I roll my eyes at that. I have more of a problem with uh with that than the first clip.
5: So when you had the uh, the fourth down attempt from Kansas City inside the red zone, uh, in fact I think it was off of that fumble. They have the fourth down attempt, they don't get it, and it's this this big stop for Baltimore. I would say everybody's just like, wow, this is a huge turn of events here. So this is in the immediate aftermath. People felt like Romo was kind of being captain obvious about a fourth down stop in the red zone.
4: So the Ravens dodge it. They could have been down two touchdowns or two scores had they elected to kick a field goal instead of going for it. Here's Lamar keeps it, spins away, got out of a tackle from Edwards and picks up about four. I think that's a huge
2: stop right there for Baltimore, like you talked about.
5: And people are just like, yeah, Yeah. it's like a huge game-changing play. Like, it's not like it doesn't take any analysis to go like, that was a pretty big play for Baltimore to stop them on fourth down. I think personally that was a huge stop there by Baltimore. I think
4: we'll be talking about that later. Not
3: a major problem, just really Captain Obvious. And that's what he's. That's, more that,
4: that's what he is. He's captain obvious. That's that. That's what he is. I think what this week, with this playoff, showed is that that Olsen is, without question, the best. And and that is, we are going to miss him. Probably his last game. Yeah, it was his last game. And now, because he...
3: Well, last game on
4: the one team. On the one team. what's the only team that matters. They, 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 they. Yeah, he, he was better than Burkhart
5: yesterday watching the 1983 Detroit Lions 49ers highlights and going, you see Barry Sanders there. It's like, well, no, That's Barry Sanders was... Barry. I don't even know that he was at Oklahoma State by 83.
2: No. The he ball matters more than sophomore any game in high school <laughs> in 83.
5: And then I, you had to go, oh, that was Billy Sims. Sorry. Yeah.
3: So, power rank your color commentators now? NFL?
4: Olsen. Olsen Ol- won easy. Okay. Um, Aikman. I'm going to go
3: Aikman one. A-
5: Aikman's the best. I think it's Aikman, Olsen. Of the top ones,
4: Aikman, Olsen, Romo, Collinsworth. Olsen and the other three are garbage. Oh! I, I just don't wow. like I mean, The other three have not taken time to learn how the game has changed. <laughs> they just haven't. Like, Olsen, even, whether you agree with Dan Campbell's calls or not, Olsen explained them. The other two wouldn't be able to explain them, the other three. The other three are, are, are too caught up in their own world to be able to explain what those things call.
3: Who is the early favorite to win it all in Vegas? We're going to be there in just one week. Were we responsible for Lucas scoring 73 and my weekend of dealing with horns down and all you annoying burnt orange fans. Next on Sean and RJ.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.